Hi folks, Tino here and welcome to the first of our pre-season specials as Celtic took on Yokohama F Marnos at the Nissan Stadium. It was an interesting one to watch, some good passages of play and plenty of goals, although a few too many of them ended up in the Celtic net. Frustratingly, we've yet to see any of the new boys, with Odin Thiago home not included for this one and Marco Tilio still out injured, though we did see a run out for youngsters Ben Summers, Daniel Kelly and Ben McPherson as they were given a chance to impress Brendan Rodgers. For our Japanese players, it was a chance to show the home crowd what they've been missing, and Dyson Maeda in particular displayed a keen eye for goal against his former side. Enjoy the match reaction here with myself and Miff, and we'll be back on Saturday with more of the same after our 11am kickoff against Gamba Osaka. Celtic opened their pre-season campaign with a 10-goal thriller at the Nissan Stadium where they found themselves on the wrong side of a 6-4 result. This is Tino and joining me here to cover the game is Muff. Muff, your initial response to this morning's result? Hello Tino, hello listeners. Um, you're always disappointed to lose a game and always disappointed to ship six goals but I think in the context of what pre-season is all about, players have went there already after a hard stint in, in Portugal played in humid conditions against a match-fit team and for large parts of the game, match will look pretty, pretty decent against them. What would be a, an obvious concern, despite the pre-season nature and the friendly nature of the game, is the is the defending. Um, individual errors, really, more than anything else, but also just how we looked structurally, defensively as a team. I know you can't look too much into pre-season, but, you know... You're a fan, you watch it, you pick up the good, you pick up the bad. And, you know, the good was some cracking attacking play. The bad was some poor defensive play. Pretty fair summary all round. What we'll do, so just to give a bit of context, Yokohama Marnos, they're 21 games into their league campaign. They're sitting uh, just off the pace. They're second in the table just now. And it's always difficult, uh, you know, to come in again. You heard Peter Grant in commentary saying Celtic suffered from that over the years. They would go and play teams that are already half a dozen games in or whatever, and, and that's that's part of things, but pretty decent lineup overall, you know, there's a lot of recognised players in there, wee bit of shuffling in the pack in the defence, given that uh, Alistair Johnson's out, Carter Vickers we know about, I, I didn't realise Ralston was injured as well, I was expecting to see him there, um, but I'll run through the, the lineup. so Joe Hart in goals, Iwata at right back, Greg Taylor left back, Starfelt and Kobayashi, your centre-half pairing, I think you had McGregor and Hattati sitting similar levels on the park, so kind of two-man defensive midfielder, if you like, with O'Reilly a bit more advanced. Then you had Abada on the right, Hagzabanovic on the left, and Dyson Maeda, and we'll get to him in a second, uh, right through the middle. What was your initial thoughts on the lineup? Well, I, I was kind of I ran through it a good few times. I had settled pre-match in a 3-5-2, while Abada and Maeda as wing-backs, um, shows you what I know. Um, but the... I mean, listen, when we play Ross County, that's not going to be the starting team. Um, all I would say, we, we spoke on the weekly show about now not being the time to panic, but maybe being the time to panic. Uh, trademark James on that one. And I think that the team, the starting team, probably reflected that. You're saying, right, okay, that's fine. All these guys need minutes, but it just shows you that we haven't really made the strengthening signings. That was my thought on it, and also what the hell's the formation. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you look forward to most in terms of pre-season games is getting to see your new guys, your your new stars, or your potential new stars. We know Marco Tilly was injured for a bit. I thought Odin Tiago Home might have been around, but maybe 
I don't know, maybe it's too much too soon for him. Not, not really sure the reasons why he wasn't involved. We know the two South Korean lads have yet to be confirmed. So that aside, it's, it's very much as you were. And uh, you didn't really get that opportunity to get excited about anybody new. No, no. And, and even at that, what I would say is, you know, there was an element of freshness to it with Kobayashi coming in, with Maeda playing through the middle, Abada and Haksabanovic playing. You know, I, I, they haven't really played as a three in those positions before. So there was a, an element of freshness there. It was something a wee bit different. And that's what that's what this is that's what this is for, you know. You could you could feasibly argue that the Maeda uh, sort of project has worked because he's went and scored the hat trick in the, the first half. So, you know, th- th- this is what preseason's for. Um, it's glaringly obvious that we don't defensively have a lot of strength and depth, as as showcased by the fact that Awata has played where, where he's played. But um, of more concern to me is is the lack of depth at centre half. You know, it, it can be that if Vickers is out, then we have nobody else of, of any stature to bring in. That 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 to me has to be remedied in the next five or six days. I'd agree. I think we're we're just showing that when we've got one or two uh, absences in there, we seriously lack. And I think we've got to get somebody in for cover, if not competition, uh, alongside Carter Vickers when he's back in, in Starfield. Um We'll get to the goals in just a minute, but what about the defence in general? I don't know the Ralston situation, but it looks like we might have to go in to the early season stuff with Awata right back. How do you feel about that? I think Awata's been really, really unfortunate if he came in because he's obviously been signed as a defensive midfielder. Um, the manager that signed him's left. The manager that did sign him seemed to drop him in and out of the team. At times, I thought he looked really good in that, that central midfield position in the 3-2 game home against Rangers when we were crying out for a bit of composure in the ball. He provided it off the bench. He hasn't had a sustained run in the team at midfield and has found himself playing at centre half in a cup final. You know, a very important cup final. And then now right back in pre-season and listen, a footballer's job's to play where your manager tells you and, you know, culturally, the Japanese lads don't seem like those who moan. They, they seem to put the team before their own personal um, their own personal glory. But by the same token, we've just signed a guy permanently, I assume, as a central midfielder, and we've played him everywhere bar there. So I, I think it would reflect poorly on, on the management of, of the squad if we go into the season without a, an available right-back. Um, we we know we need one. We know we probably need a centre-half as well, especially with Carter Vickers being injured. Um, you would have wanted to have signed one anyway. So if we don't, I think that's on that's on you know the board or the, the management team, if you want to call it that, that they've they've not identified someone suitable to go and bring in. Yeah, and if if nothing else, you know, result not being the most important thing, but you do or a, or a manager will look to learn things in pre-season. And I think what Rogers has potentially learned is that we're frail, or they certainly look on today's evidence frail at the back. Yeah. Um Kobe Ashi's picked up a wee niggle as well. For his sake, you would hope that that's nothing of note because he's been unlucky. He's not had a, a run of games in the side and we'll need to see if he can manage to shake that one off. Um, in terms of the goals, we've not had to wait long. So five minutes in, uh, they open the score and it's Anderson Lopez. I think Joe Hart's head still on a beach somewhere because he was just all at sea for that one. I just really poor. Really so I, I described in the group chat is looking pretty stiff. You know, one of those ones of... 
you know, it's basically me playing at the back with the boys when I when I go down for a maybe a low shot, one of those ones where you you think to yourself you're you're going doing last week's cooking, but um, not not great, not what you want to see. But I, I, again, you have to approach these things through the the prism of pre-season and say the, these are the types of things that probably should happen in pre-season. You know, if Joe Hart's had a hard pre-season at his age. He should probably be feeling the after effects of that so that he gets these games out of the way so that come the start of the season, he'll be fresh. So if there is a place and a time to make these mistakes, it's pre-season. That said, I think there is also a body of evidence around certain things in Joe Hart's performance that would say he he is he is beginning to creak a wee bit um, and he needs genuine competition. And I don't think Scott Bain and Benjamin Segrist, as is evidenced, are going to provide that. So again, another another obvious area. I think if you go back and listen to episodes we've done, you know it's something that's been chatted about for about the past year, um, but nothing's really been done about it. So, I, I again just one of those things that happens in football. It, it, it's happened before; it will happen again. Um, you know, time of the season, pre-season, players getting up to speed, all that. That's fine. However, by the same token, I think it's a worrying enough goal to always to say, right, well, you know, we need somebody in reserve that's going to really keep Joe Hartley's toes for the next 12 months. Yeah, and we don't have that at this moment in time. Um, it's interesting that Brendan Rodgers spoke probably about a week or so ago um, directly about the goalkeeping situation and, and asked about goalkeepers you know, with the ball at feet and all that kind of stuff. And he said, listen, I don't need my goalie to be Ederson. I just need it to be competent and make the simple passes and move things on. That's fine. And he's maybe protecting Joe Hart at that moment in time, you know, not crying out that he needs a new goalkeeper. But it was interesting that Celtic were strongly linked with the current Croatian number one. Can't remember his name. And I think he's moved elsewhere, potentially to Turkey. But Celtic were linked with him in a £9 million move. And I think it came through... Anthony Joseph and Sky Sports, so there seems some, some credibility in the fact that Celtic are looking to address it, and that in itself is interesting. Um, I'm still okay with Hart, as you say. He should be rusty to an extent uh, in a game like today, but you would be hoping for him to shake that off pretty soon, and he does need yeah. someone else uh, to push him harder. Next up, so they've scored early bells, but next up is the Dyson Maeda show, so he's scored a, a really decent goal, uh, just a minute or so after their opener. It's brilliant by Hitati, who I think looks Pretty athletic, pretty yes, trim. Sir. He's looking in good shape, I think. Um, yep. He must have the guy off the ball. Very quick reaction just to play an Abada in the channel. Abada skips over the challenge and selflessly plays it alongside. Maeda tried his best to clip it over the bar, yep. I think, but it hits the back of the net. And please for him. It was a really good goal. Yeah, he definitely selected the Van Vossen option um, when he was when he was going to hit it. Had a wee, had a wee, uh, my heart skipped a beat. Um, agree with you on Hitati. Looks lean. Um, hope it's not in preparation for a move. I really don't. He, for me, you know, with, with a, a wee bit of additional conditioning to go with his already exceptional natural talent, if he could get Aminar and Mudir Hitati in the team, uh, I think we would benefit greatly from that. MD would, to be quite frank with you. I think he's a sensational player and at times just looked on a different level for MD else on that park, in my opinion, today, just as we faints and turns. You know, they tried to press him, really, really tried to press him high up the park and he just wasn't having it at all. He just, he's just a great player. Um, one in, in recent Celtic history, one, you know, I'd probably need to go back to the likes of Magidi and Nakamura um, in terms of how much I enjoy watching him on the ball. I just think he's fantastic. 
Um, but a great pass as well, Ranger passing, Abada doing what Abada does, running into space, running in behind, willing to stretch the fences. And Maeda doing what Maeda does, up, up in support, really desperate to go on the end of it. Kept pace with Abada as well, as you would expect from Maeda, I suppose. But then, um, yeah, produces a sandwich when the putter would have done, Dyson. Um, don't be doing that again. Um, but a, a, a brilliant goal and a, a great response to what would have been a disappointing concession. Yeah, no doubt. He's um, he's a, he's a man, certainly at face value, a man of few emotions, Maeda. You know, scores his goals, eventually gets his hat-trick on his return to his former club. You wouldn't know it to look at him. <laughs> Just jog, jogs back. Let's take centre, please, ref, and get on with it. Um, very unassuming character, but he'll have been pleased because, you know, the, the narrative, anybody going back to their former club, albeit he left on very good terms, very respectful, you want to prove a point to them that you've you've still got it and you've, you've kicked on to new levels. Absolutely, and I, and I think um, somebody like Maeda, who of all the Japanese contingent that was signed, seems to be the most rated in his homeland based on being selected for the national team and, and, and things like that. So probably would have felt an additional wee bit of pressure going back um, being the being the, the first-choice striker for the, the national team. But he's um, he's absolutely displayed why, to be perfectly honest with you, with, with three really sharp finishes. He's scored a very similar similar goal for the second for Celtic to take the lead. It's the same combination. Abada finds him at the back post. What do you think about the potential, certainly that we're seeing here, that Rodgers might deploy him as a centre-forward? Maybe doesn't see him as a wide man at all. Um, because he, he had options up front. He could have played Kyogo or O from the start. He had plenty of wide men to choose from, but he deliberately opted to put Maeda through the middle. Do you think that's a sign of things to come? I think I think that might be the Champions League plan. Peace on the break. That's mm-hmm. I think that that you know Rogers is a pretty meticulous guy. Um, I think he was looking at that as a, as a as setting up like we would probably set up away in the Champions League and conceding six goals. It was like you know a good reflection of what a Celtic Champions League games like. Um, but. I, I, I think that's where you could get at teams, you know, Maeda would naturally stretch the game and it gives you that ball that, that's going to get you up the park quickly, which is probably something historically, if you look at our Champions League campaigns, the balls come back a bit too quickly or, or, or we've cheaply tried a through ball too quickly when, when we could actually just get ourselves up the park and give our defence a wee bit of a break. So I think there might be a wee bit, a wee bit of something in that, that Maeda might be the man away in Europe or something. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm just surmising, but... It seems an odd thing to do, go back to Japan and have Kyogo on the bench. Yeah, it does. Um, if you're breaking at pace or looking to break at pace, Dais Maeda and Leal Abada are two of the guys you want to be part of that. So it's good to see them link up well. Um, the Mariners have equalised around about 25 minutes in. Again, it's just a wee bit slack. It's a wee bit rusty. You could argue McGregor could potentially get a bit closer, a bit sooner. The ball's been kind of clipped into an area. Greg Taylor gets caught wrong side for me. And again, it just looks like, you know, early season rustiness at this moment in time. I would agree. I think Taylor's held his line based on the centre-forwards run and he's run offside. Taylor's held his line but not been aware enough of the defender that he could have dropped in. And in the one hand, he's actually stepped up and played the, the centre-forward offside, but by stepping up, he's let the, the winger go in. So he's kind of damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. But I, again, I think it's just more positional. He should have been a bit more side-on to see the, see the guy coming. He hasn't. Always getting at the back post where he will get finish. But again, I, I think that's whilst Greg Taylor should rightly be pretty disappointed with that. 
I, th I think you're right in what you mentioned about the just the whole. There's other players in the team that should have done better in, in those wee moments where we could have pressed the ball a wee bit quicker and whatever. But again, as I say, just reflective of a pre-season game. Yeah, definitely. Um, Celtic do go in 3-2 ahead at the break, so it's Maeda again. This time it's from Awata. Again, it's a tidy finish. You'd argue that they've left him with far too much space in the box, but he's, he's found the corner of the net and, and good on him for you know going home and, and getting his hat-trick. What about just the first half in general, though? I think there was certain you know phases of play which were really enjoyable to watch. And actually, as far as pre-season games go, it was fairly entertaining. You know, quite a fluid game in general. I thought both both teams actually looked to go at it. Um which isn't always the case in pre-season. Normally, it's very much a case of, it looks like the players are just deliberately trying to get an amount of kilometres into their legs to, to satisfy the um, the coaching staff who'll be who'll be looking at how much running they're doing and how many sprints that they're doing and all those types of things. To, to, in many ways, you want them to go through the pain barrier. And if, if a team like Marinos are there and they're fit and they're pressing you, then you're going to get that good, honest test. And I think the team did get that. Um I thought the Maeda third goal, the hat-trick goal, was the best. I thought it was an excellent team goal as well as a brilliant individual finish. And I thought Iwata's first time ball to find him in space um, was was excellent. Um, Abada could have probably played Maeda directly in. He, he, he was through in goal without him really being near him. But I don't know if the angle was maybe a bit off. But Iwata made up for that with a beautiful, beautifully weighted first-time pass to the point where Maeda's just been able to pass it into the net. I thought that the first half was highly competitive. Um, I thought Celtic were Celtic were probably looking the slightly better team um, for patches of it, but defensive brittleness is, is ultimately what's, what's allowed us to be pegged back so often. Yeah, you could argue certainly from that first half, three of your Japanese stars, certainly Maeda, Hatai, and I think Iwata had a decent first half. Uh, they all showed up well. Kobayashi less so. You know, he's, he's still to really impose himself and, and show what he can do. And obviously, Kyogo came in a bit later on. Uh, real contrast between the two halves. So, so Celtic, you know, 3-2 up at half time. So you win the first half 3-2. You then go on to lose the second half 4-1, um, which doesn't make for a great reading. But you can forgive it when you see the, the changes Celtic make around about 65 minutes in. There's a whole, a whole glut of changes. And, and some young guys getting game time and, and good on them. So Ben Kelly... Uh, who I've not seen, don't, don't know much about him. Uh, ben McPherson, um, we know, but sorry, Daniel Kelly, my mistake, Ben McPherson, Ben Summers, um, so various guys getting involved there. Um, and I suppose it's become cliche now, but the, the whole pace of the game changes at that point, and it's a bit of a false reflection when you bring on so many changes. Yeah, as in, and you see some of the goals that, that we've conceded where there is an element of that kind of naivety that comes with youth. Um, it's you know just getting caught out of the back post, getting caught underneath the ball, and, and, and things like that. But but that said, those experiences are invaluable, and it also shows to these youngsters coming through the levels that they have to be at. Because Marinos, whilst playing in um, the, the Japanese league, are are an, a very very good team and exponents of a very similar style that's been so successful for us for the past couple of years. So I think with that in mind. Um, I, 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 that doesn't really bother me, youngsters coming on and getting a chance and making a lot of changes. I think what, what was shown was that the, the, the hour that the, the first team, for want of a better word, were on, it was a good, honest challenge for them and will have brought them on markedly um, from the Portimonese game. Yeah. yeah, it's all part of the development and it is good to see. And it's 
it's what you should be doing in pre-season. It gives Rodgers a chance to put them into a game environment and say, yeah, that kid's got something about him or we need to develop this part of his game or that part of his game. So it's definitely a, a worthwhile exercise in doing so. Um, they've scored a couple of goals around their mark. So the first one, Anderson Lopez on 59 minutes. Starfelt should be doing better. We'll not dwell on it like he did, but he should have. If there's no pass on, we chatted briefly before coming on here. If the pass isn't on and his teammates aren't making themselves available, just hit a channel and get their defence turning rather than try and scoop it back to your goalie. So that was poor. And again, certainly rustiness uh, and hopefully nothing more than that. I think Hitati was at fault for the next goal. I think the runner came from midfield off Hitati's shoulder. Again, maybe just a wee bit slack mentally, just not quite switched on. Um, and then they've got another couple of goals late in play. And at that point, as I say, it's a very changed Celtic side. So around about 85 and 88 minutes. Celtic have replied by a really decent goal from Turnbull. Um, and it's exactly what we know he's got in his locker. And he'll need to produce a bit more of that if he's going to play a part in this Brendan Rodgers side. Yes, he will. I mean, I think to, just to hark back to a couple of the goals that, that Mariner scored, like you say, Starfield. Time isn't Starfield's friend on the football part, but he's got time to think. He seems to make... Well, sorry, that's that's harsh. When he's got time to think and the obvious option isn't on, he seems to worry himself and to make mistakes when, like you say, you know, a simple amateur football ball down the line to get the defence turning would, would be a much better option than giving the ball to the opposition centre forward 40 yards to go. Um, again, there was that other midfield runner who could have drove a bus through the, the defence and then the, the last goal was, um, I think, one of the, the younger lads, um, Keller McPherson, being caught under the ball at the back post. But again, these, these are all things that, that can happen in pre-season games. They break up very quickly. And, and likewise, by the same by the same token, the team still pushed towards the end and Turnbull got his goal as a result of that. I agree with you, Turnbull will have to show a wee bit more um, to, to feature more, but but um, I, I don't see why. I, I, I get the feeling he might be, it's now becoming a cliche, but he might be a Rodgers player. It's, it's where I'm at with it. We, we spoke... Uh, briefly on Turnbull in the weekly show there about, you know, there's a few guys that might turn things around under Brendan Rodgers and we highlighted guys like Turnbull, maybe, maybe Bernabe, maybe Haxabanovich, guys who just haven't really done it the last year or so and I'm very optimistic I think he's a real talent, I'm really fond of him, I've, I've banged the drum for him uh, for a long time and yeah let's see, I mean, I'm sure Rodgers will mix it up for the Gamba game on Saturday and maybe the likes of Turnbull and, and Kyogo and some others will get a start there as well um, what do you think the most important thing Brendan Rodgers will have learned about his side from this one today, Muff? Uh, by a centre-half would be the obvious one for me. I think going forward, we look dangerous. Probably any permutation of any of the attackers that we have will look dangerous, especially on the break and, and given the space to run in behind that, that Marinos offered us. Um, definitely that. But it's, it's one of those ones for me where Rogers already knows what he needs, in my opinion. Um, I think the squad assessment's been done. I think it was close to being done, you know, even before he came in, I would argue. For me, the, the time for action is, is now. Now, how likely that is going to be the case while we're in Japan yeah. remains to be seen. But I would like to think by the time the team return home, there's got to be something a bit more concrete around established first-team-ready players coming in. Because if there isn't, it's going to create a level of disgruntlement amongst the fans that really doesn't need to be there. 
I think so. I think it'd be an own goal by Celtic and, and the board if we don't make some big moves. And I think there's definitely scope. You know, you should be making adjustments and improvements when the sun is shining, when you're, when you're on the up, when you've just won a treble. And I think Celtic are, I think we're only two or three top players from having a really, you know, decent side ahead of the season. And, and you know, the, the thing is, though, going back to Anil's team reaching Seville, we were all saying that and we've been saying it for a long, long time since. Even through Roger's very successful first spell, we were always waiting on those established first team ready players coming in and they never quite arrived. We need, we need to see. We need to see. Think... And, 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 and I mentioned this, I mentioned this towards the end of last season. In my lifetime, we've never done it. We expected it to happen. And I'll be brutal honest, I thought it would have happened by now. I don't mm-hmm. see any reason why we need to drag our business out. Um, the managerial transition was relatively smooth. Um, I would have assumed that our targets would have been identified um, just based on the way that we have been doing business over the past couple of years. But but there has been a few disruptions in there. There is a pre-season tour that's halfway across the world. There's time differences. I, I accept all these things. But I would like to think that most definitely in the next you know five to seven days we'll see something significant happen. Because if we don't, as I say, it is just going to make people restless. And I, and I don't think you can argue. I know people say, oh, don't be a bedwetter. You know, don't don't get your knickers on a twist. But uh, for, for me, it's just purely a case of the, the Ross County game isn't that far away. Let's let's make sure that we're prepared by the time that that comes. Celtic famously don't strengthen from a position of strength. And, and, and you're right, it's your lifetime, it's my lifetime. And any time we're on the up, and you can look at Martin O'Neill teams and Rogers teams and other things, we don't tend to make those moves. I've got a bit more confidence, confidence though, given that it's just a new regime and it feels new and fresh in terms of what Michael Nicholson's doing at the club. I think he's well supported by Mark Law, who's come in with systems, structures, processes in terms of recruitment. And I'm, listen, like you and like a lot of fans, I'm, I'm very keen to get signings in sooner rather than later, but I'm still fairly relaxed that we will make those moves and as I say, we can only really make those judgments properly over the next couple of weeks as and when they make those signings. But I think and hope uh, that we'll do so. I'd ask you there uh, the most important thing, Brendan Rogers. I've learned anything that you've learned that you maybe didn't know otherwise before the game. Uh, not, not really. I was just a wee bit surprised at the, at the you know, the, the structure of the starting um, eleven. But all you're looking to see is that the team get a wee bit fitter and a wee bit sharper. I feel that they, they showed really good glimpses at times, but it doesn't surprise me that the defence we had on the pitch struggled um, against a sharp team because I would have expected them to. It's a, a defence that's never played together before. Um, but, you know, that that's all fine as long as we do something about that, we remedy that. We know Johnson and Carter Vickers aren't going to be available for the first game of the season. We know that. But we've known that for probably a while now, Tino. So for me, there's not really any excuse for doing something about it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, final comments, Miff, as, as we start to wrap this one up. And also any hopes that you have for Saturday's game. So Osaka, similar position, 20 odd league games. They are far further down the table. They're sitting around about 13th place. Um, so what's your hopes for that one on Saturday? And your final comments for today's game? My hopes for that would be much the same. I'd, just, I'd hope to see a similar type of performance in terms of the attacking play. Um, and, and it'd be a bit sharper defensively uh, maybe a few more 
of the players get get a few more minutes, like Saloki and, and those types of players. But but all in all, just more of the same. Some more minutes into the legs for the players. Some more kilometers ran and a wee bit sharper and further down the track. Yeah, but no need to panic just yet, or a wee bit of panic. No, 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 no panic. Just um, as I, as I say, I'll give, give five days. Come the twenty, is that twenty fourth? If there's nothing by the twenty fourth, then you'll hear the panic in the voice. Yeah, we'll get you back on the 24th for a, a, a miff special. Um, but listen, thanks for jumping on the day, Miff. So next up is Gamble Osaka on Saturday. Again, that's uh, an evening kickoff over in Japan, but 11 a.m. Celtic part-time. And again, we'll be back after that one. But in the meantime, thanks to Miff for joining me here today. And thanks to you, as always, for listening.